Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Far, Far Away with me, the host, Mr. Scott Inch, and on the other side of the pond, in a little wee place called Portsmouth in New Hampshire, we have Mr. Robin How? Hey Robin, how's it going? It's been a long time. It has been an extremely long time. I think the fans are getting really tired of hearing my voice at this point, Scott. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing it already. <laughs> you were tired on day one when we when I interviewed you for Talking Star Wars. Uh, that was That was the end of it all. Everything's been fantastic here. The network is loving it. All the fans are loving everything happening with Friend of Week Scott, and it's been such a great experience over these past few days, even, um, to have sat down with a lot of people, had discussions, doing live streams. Suddenly, we got a solo trailer that I know we're going to discuss here, and uh, it's going to it's going to be a really great end to this week, and now finally having the chance, it has been a long time, sitting down with Scott breaking down some Star Wars and some friendom. Scott, I'm not even going to waste any time. You you take it away here, buddy. So, yeah, as Robin says, we is friendom week from the, the network. So, yeah, I want to say my piece on it. I want to give a shout-out to Robin, to Sean, Brian, Chris, Caden, James, Katie. I feel like who else? I feel like I'm missing people. Uh, Jared. Just, just these guys who have... They mean a lot to me. I don't get emotional. Robin's nice, I'm going to get emotional or not. But these guys are really important to me. Um, these guys, whether it's talking about Marvel, it's talking about Star Wars, or it's just talking about random stuff, these guys I can come to. And I want I, I want to thank Robin personally. He brought me onto the network. He has included me in this network. And when I came over to the States, Robin, James, everybody... They made me feel so welcome when we did the light, the, the sit down at Krypton Comics, and I had just the greatest experience of doing that. And I'm thankful to have these guys. I can call them my friends, and I look forward to many more encounters. Depending if it's here in the UK or next time when I'm back over in the US, when I get a up to date passport, my passport's about to run out, so I need to pay for a new one. But I will be back to annoy these guys and they know it more of my Scottish dark sense of humour so these guys know how much I value them as friends and anytime I need to talk about anything that they are whether it's to talk about collecting with James and James and Brian and Chris and everybody these guys are just the best that hits the core of it, Scott. That really does. Uh, I promise he's, Scott that I wouldn't get emotional. I, I, I he's, crying, he's crying. He's crying. He's <laughs> crying. I can see. I, I feel like putting, I feel like I'm to put up on a Jeff or like just a tear drilled oh, in his eyes. Right <laughs> no, it, Scott. It, it's so great with Friendom Week this entire week because we have shouted out so many amazing people in the Star Wars community, and we have had the chance of interacting with some great people across uh, two years of the network pushing on three heading into next year of course a lot of uh, exciting things on the horizon here at the network and friendom week has been our chance to kind of reflect on all the people that we've met along the way it's not that we don't do it all the time scott it's just no. this is a week entirely dedicated to reflecting on those individuals and also recognizing those not just in the podcasting community but those who are part of the star wars friendom 
the people who have, are retweeting our episodes, the people who are listening, the people who are sharing out our podcast with other podcasts and sharing it with people who are associated with Star Wars. That alone has been such a fantastic opportunity. And that's what Friendom Week is all about. Caden and I talk about it all the time. You guys have heard all the episodes that we've done. It's that unity is community message. If you saw me right now, I'm rocking the shirt. I rocked it today at work. It's that message that pushes this all forward. And Scott, what you said is perfect. I am very, I will say it, very selective with who comes onto the network and the personalities that come on because I want somebody with that friend to message. I want people with that unity is community mindset. And that's huge. And Scott Inch embodies that in everything that he does, whether it's in the conversations that we have or whether it's in life in general. And that's what I've reflected on over Friendom this week. And that's what I want everybody, all the listeners, all of those of you who have listened since talking Star Wars with Scott, that's really where it all started. Before I get choked up too much and before I get into this a little bit too much, I, I think we have some uh, some Star Wars stuff to talk about, Scott. Oh, yes, we have tons of Star Wars stuff to talk about. So we got a little bit of surprise on, well, unfortunately, once again, I was in my bed and the solo trailer dropped. <laughs> it all this seemed to happen. <laughs> First it was what, the Super Bowl and now you're The Last Jedi and yeah. the year, a couple of years before that. I'm getting tired of this. Like, how am I going to get to see this? when it drops right. I hate looking I'm getting annoyed with Lucasfilm but send them an angry letter <laughs> so yes we had the solo trailer right and okay I'm on board with that I'm still it's still a movie that wasn't asked for right but I'm on board now I quite enjoyed it so I will ask you first Robin what did you think of it and what did you take away from it other than the fact that she's 190 years old <laughs> yes, uh, everybody is running with that, and I think it's absolutely fantastic because it was like, oh wow, all right, this is uh, this is an interesting little tidbit to drop into a trailer for us canon people. We knew Chewbacca was up there. It's just you know within what realm is he old? Obviously, we're getting old too, Scott. We, you know, we're within the realm of. Uh, of getting I've got gray hair coming. I've got gray hair. I found two gray hairs the other day when I was trimming my head. So that's not a. <laughs> Not, not a good thing, Scott, and I'm much younger than you, so... Oh, stop it. If you people saw what he just did... All right, but anyway, you guys probably listened in or you watched our uh, immediate... Of course, Scott was in bed, of course, another opportunity that he could have joined in on, but he was passed out getting ready for the next day. We had a nice little conversation. We allowed different people on it right after the solo trailer came out. We had this live discussion about what we thought of the solo trailer. And the common perspective that a lot of people embodied based off of what they saw in this trailer was that, wow, okay, I'm sold. This trailer sold it for me. It did so many different things. It didn't really focus on characters specifically. It focused mm -hmm. on environment. It focused on the setting. It focused on the plot even. And I think that's what a Star Wars trailer has always done. It gives you little tidbits about the plot. Overall for me, the trailer did what it needed to do. Mm -hmm. It showed us Han. It had him talking a lot more. It had Alden Ehrenreich doing what he's supposed to be doing. I'm a pilot, which was like, okay, good, okay, we're, we're into it now. We know he's a pilot. We got Lando. We got some interaction in there, which obviously everything I'm seeing so far from Donald Glover is selling me yeah. to, the, to the T here because he is going to take that character of Lando Calrissian and run with it. To basement. Yes, exactly. All the way out to Cloud City, baby. Um, but 
the one part of and I'm gonna go here the one part of the trailer that did not sell it for me was at times I felt it got a little choppy in terms of trying to address certain aspects of the film hmm. I love the character of Kira I love everything that I'm seeing there and I love how we kind of got flashes of different characters that are going to be in this film at times. But I'm starting to see what Christian Harloff and many others have mentioned, not just on Collider, but on different other podcasts that we listen to. And it's, I came out of the solo trailer, Scott, with the mindset of the summer flicks are not going to be Star Wars style. They're going to embody more of a summer Marvel film focus. Yeah. And, and I don't want to compare it to Suicide Squad at all, what DC was able to do with that. But the, the attitude that I got from Beckett was, hey, I got this mission. I, re- I got all these different bad, bad, uh, I'm trying to find a better word to use other than the word I'm going to use. These really almost kind of smugglers, I guess you could say, even though we don't know enough about them yet. Got them all together and said, we have a journey, we have a mission to complete. And that's to get rid of these bad guys so that it makes our job a lot easier. I got that feeling from this trailer. And this is what you and I have talked about. And I know I'm rambling and I apologize. But this is what you and I have talked about when it comes to the new progression of Star Wars. That the cinematic episodic films are going to have one style. You're going to get films like Rogue One, which are war-focused, gritty, tough explaining the story based on the canon itself. Then you're going to get the spinoffs, which is the original term given in 2012, two films like Solo, which obviously we're going to get now, which are the very similar to Marvel-style films that are going to put you in your seat, get you a bucket of corn, get you a nice big pop, and you're going to sit back and enjoy it. And you're going to bring it all in, it's going to be action-packed, and you're going to care about the characters throughout the entire film. That is what I took away from this trailer. It's a lot. I know I rambled. It's a lot of different stuff that's involved in this. But for me, where that can be picky and I'm not sold on it yet, I think once I'm down in my seat and we are people who watch Marvel films a ton, I think I'll be sold. I think I will. And it's going to come down to Alden Ehrenreich making sure that he pulls off that role as not Harrison Ford, but as Han Solo. I, I agree with you on quite a lot of the, the points you've made. Alden, let's start off with Alden and right? We heard him speak, as yeah. you said. I'm sold, but I'm still a bit concerned as well. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, we're all used to Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's played Han Solo four times. And I'm not talking about actors that have voiced Han Solo. That's different. This is actually playing live action. I'm curious to see how he pulls it off because again, it's all about behind the scenes drama. I mean, my I was talking to someone the other day about it, and they're not 100 sure about the back behind the scenes drama quite a lot. Whereas we are, we're in this world and we hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, taking that to the side, I I quite dig this trailer. Has someone got a Hoover on, or am I hearing a Hoover? Has someone got a Hoover? Did it? Did I turn the Hoover on? Yeah. He's, excuse me, everybody. Robin's vacuuming uh, in the middle of my chat, so I'm going to chase him down with a with a stick later nah, on. Nah, I don't know. I don't know who's vacuuming, but they need to turn off that uh, that droid unit that's uh, vacuuming up all the dust around the floor. Indeed. Anyway, I do apologise. I was going off on tangent there. Um, but yeah, um, that was my train of thought. 
Where was it's the okay, cockroach? It's okay, Scott. I can edit this. I can edit That's this. That's fine. <laughs> so, um, Where is that noise? Yeah, that is that noise. See, now you've... No, there it is. Go on. So, yeah. All the Never right. Yeah, I am quite liking the style of that. It's a Western. Mm-hmm. I think I've got a bit of Firefly there. Yes. With the whole... I don't know what you call it, like a train kind of thing. Oh a, yes, monorail kind of train thing. Because when you were when you were talking and then that image touched my head, I was like, I've seen that before, and that's on Firefly. Yes, like right. the pilot Firefly. So I'm I'm wanting to see that. Um, I I quite the Millennium Falcon. We've all seen him before. I'm curious to see how it becomes a Millennium Falcon we know today. Mm-hmm. Um, I like more gritty, dirty, ready to fall apart. So yeah, they were very, quite a lot of things. Kira as well. I'm still a bit unsure about her. Mm-hmm. Anna's got Woody Harrelson. I'm in for it. Woody Harrelson's a great yeah. actor. I mean, just need to check out three billboards. He was great in that and True Detective mm-hmm. season. And also Cheers. We can't forget Cheers. Can't forget Cheers. Uh, can't forget Cheers. He was he's a fantastic actor, and I think he's going to pull this pull off the road Beckett quite like that. But there's a lot to take in this movie. Paul Bettany's character, I'm more interested in the, about that character. Yeah, that's true. He had, when you saw it, and he was, the way he was dressed, I thought he kind of looked like a Jedi for a second, because like, it looked like Jedi clothes he was wearing, mm-hmm. but I might be wrong. Right. But it's got that kind of your right moral feel to it, with like each movie's going to be different. So we had the war movie, we're now getting a kind of Western heist movie. I think this is the, the kind of movies are going for. But that depends on the new Ryan, Ryan Johnston trilogy movie and then also the guys who gave me throws what kind of movies they're doing. But yeah, I, th- I'm, I quite dig this trailer. I know some people who didn't quite like it. I spoke to someone who didn't like it. He's still like, he didn't take any away from it. Uh, he's still going to see Solo. Right. I, I, you're right, it did tell us the story. It gave us a bit of the story, but overall I'm quite happy and we also received another uh, Chewbacca's wife in the movie yeah. as well whether that's in connection with the Christmas the holiday special I do not know uh, <laughs> that's not coming into canon otherwise we're going to have BR for saying in this movie somewhere uh, just insert that into you but yeah I'm I'm on board now but as I said I'm still a bit hesitant about it there's still a few things I'm just kind of like are they good? is this going to pull off I mean, some people are already saying this is going to be like a bit of a bomb. I don't think so. It's Star Wars. It's solo. It's going to make money. I mean, we've got Avengers coming up shortly. And then this, so yeah, this, there is a lot coming in this movie. You know what, Scott? You bring up a really good point, And I think this has to be made. And this is such a great time to do it. The point of, well, there are some fans that don't like it. And you know mm-hmm. what? I love that. I love coming out of a trailer and doing a live stream or having a discussion about a trailer and somebody says, well, I feel completely different from you. I hate this thing. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. It's like, oh, good. Okay. Because guess what? For something to be successful, you need a yin and you need a yang. You need that balance. And as much as the, as the community wants to immediately go to the negative and people want to share their opinions across social media, stop it. Go ahead, share it. But what you're actually doing is you're contributing to the larger conversation. You may be trying to pull attention to yourself in that, in that moment by being negative. But at the same time, by you sharing your opinion like that, it kind of makes our job easier as podcasters. <laughs> we can go and we can sit back and we can say, oh, these are certain things that they didn't really like about it. Let's break that down. Let's take a deeper look into what's not working for people and yeah. then let's compare that to what is working. 
And that's something that this week has... I'm going to bring up Friendom again because that's what this whole week is about. It's about removing not necessarily negativity from the community, but if you have something to share, share it in a way that works for everybody. Share it in a way that's at least going to look at it with constructive criticism and says, yeah, you know, I think we need this time to reflect on something and to really break it down and to look at it with every, every inch possible. And I'm glad you bring that up, Scott, because that's important. It really yeah. is when it comes to the conversation of this trailer. And as we move closer to Solo, it's going to be so important that we continue to have conversations where there's positive and negative thoughts about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I made my points very clear about it last year. I, there were things I loved about it, and there's things I don't love about it. Yeah. And and I've had that chat with Brian as well. Like He liked something that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um and I've made my points to you about it on many occasions about yeah. that particular scene, but I'm not going to go to the last year. Now. We've done that, we're past done. it, done. I'm sick of tired of hearing about that. Let's just move on. We're on to the next movie. Let's get on to that. Uh, but yeah, th- there are going to be things in the solo movie that some of us aren't going to like. But you know what? We're going to have a chat about it. We're going to say, right, this is what, and we're going to discuss why we didn't like it. We're going to find out maybe. You might like a scene that I didn't like. Yeah. Exactly. And then you might change my mind about it because I seen it and I might have not seen it from that point of view. That's the whole point of this discussion. is to figure out scenes and uh, dialogue that would just go, well, and then Robin might say, well, take it from this point. It's great. Right. I never thought of that. And then I might change my mind about it. Exactly. So it's about yin yang, the balance of the force, brings it all together. I'm trying to roll with one, it's not working very well. <laughs> but I do feel we're going to end up getting more trailers as well. We'll probably get an international trailer. But I do, the, just to quickly go from the trailers to the marketing, and the marketing has been quite quick for this movie. Yes. I haven't, I've noticed like a lot of collectible toys out there, but I've never seen any over here. Hmm. I've seen it all on Facebook, people buying the figures and the Black Series oh, yes. toys. And I'm quite interested because it looks like they're not doing like a force solo Friday or something. But even though... Yeah, to be honest with you, it was a conversation I had with Caden Stetler of Rebel Cause and the Rebel Chatter podcast because we're going to be visiting, uh, James Brown, voice of the podcast, and myself, we're going to be visiting on April 20th. And the original conversation that we had was, oh, wow, there was a press release that said on April 20th, all the solo items would be released in a force Friday style toy release here in the United States. And Caden had told me this, and I said, oh, okay, so that makes 420 even that more exciting. And then he comes back to me, and we had a discussion about this, and I was really surprised. He came back, and he said, well, it looks like it's actually going to be releasing the Friday before, and everything's going to be hitting Walmarts and Targets and everything else the Friday before, this Friday. And that's why you. this is what you're discussing, People are already starting to see the stuff on the shelves here in the United States. People are already starting to pick up items because the associates are putting the stuff on the shelves even before the slated Friday of release. And to me, it's almost like, huh, this is a different approach. I think this is what you're talking about, Scott. The marketing approach for Solo is not anywhere as traditional as we saw with The Force Awakens, Rogue One, or The Last Jedi. And... In a way, can, can I be completely honest with you about this? There's actually more excitement about these items being put on the shelves without a formal Force Friday 
than there yeah. was when there was a Forest Friday. More people are seeing people posting across social media. I use people twice. And they're seeing others that are going into Walmarts and saying, oh, wow, there's a range trooper already on the shelf. I'm going to pick that up. And so there's, there's so many other different ways that they're trying to put the stuff out there that they're yeah. not focusing on that. And now the fans are having the opportunity to share with each other the experience of finding Star Wars items on their local store shelves, which is interesting. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking about also when they tried to do like the Rogue Friday, oh, and it yes. didn't really didn't really work. So I'm wondering if it's not working for the standalone movies, but working for the saga movies. True. Because how many gins, Kazdans? Kaz, <laughs> oh yes. I have two gins that I don't need, but that's because I got a free one because of like Force Friday. That Smith's Toys over here did, which is very pitiful, and I end up getting a free Poe Diamond helmet, which I kind of rubbed in Robin's face and went, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> That's the second time you've brought that up on a podcast. Watch yourself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Even though you were holding the helmet when I came over, I was I, like, oh, I got that for free. <laughs> I, I had a chance to hold that helmet like a baby, and uh, I took that opportunity very well. And you wore it as well. You wore it with pride. I did wear that with pride. My uh, my uh, squadron leader pride. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think that's why they're not doing like the marketing push for the toys as heavily as I think Rogue Friday has played a part in it. Because Force Friday is different because it's it the really saga is. movies, and it's yes, you know that's the Star Wars ones that everybody's watching. Not everybody's interested in the solo, like in the standalone. I'm going to say, solo movies themselves, the standalone movies. They're interested in the saga movies. I mean, I've spoken to a few people, and some of them don't want care about the the standalone movies. All they care about is the saga movies. So that's understandable. If that's all you care about, and that's all you want. Overall, like I think Solo will be a good film. Um, you, even with all the behind scenes drama, and I think Ron Howard, Oscar-winning di- director, he's done some great ones. Apollo Thirteen. I can He's done one or two other ones and just popped out my head now. Did he not do Castaway? Am I wrong? I'd, I'd have to go look on IMDb and look that up. But he, yeah. he was associated in... Ron Howard has had quite a past, not only with directing films, but he's had a past with co-producing, producing, and even... I'm going to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure he even has a couple of films under his cinematography belt, if I'm not mistaken, early on. So, of course, the big one for me that I always reflect on with Ron Howard is American Graffiti with George Lucas. And that's Mm -hmm. the one that I think is why he got this project uh, when everything happened with Lord and Miller was it's like, okay, this guy has a pretty clear idea about George Lucas's direction um, because he's worked with George before. And not only that, but all these reports of George coming to visit the set and I'm sure Ron was on the set and that's why he wanted to come and visit was it was more of a mentor type thing. It was like, hey, you know, this is a Star Wars film that Ron's doing. Hey, George, how about you come and check it out? Come and see what your old buddy is doing uh, on on the set of Solo, a Star Wars story. So it kind of it kind of adds a little bit of gravitas to what the final product is going to be if George has laid his eyes on it a little bit, too. Yeah, definitely. I think he's always wanted Solo. I think he's always wanted Solo in some way. And that's one of his babies is the character of Han Solo. So he wants to he wants to have a, like a little bit of a look into okay are they are they playing this character right <laughs> Uncle George isn't sure 
Yeah, I would love to hear that voice and those sounds out. Yeah, he, you're right. He, it's his baby. He's the one that created Han Solo, and he just wants to make sure it's done right. Um, right. Him and Kasdan. Um I just do worry that Clint Howard is going to be in this movie somewhere. Yes. Yes. I mean, he. We all know that Clint Howard got a, a cameo in the last Star, episode of uh, the season finale of Star Trek Discovery. That's right. That's right. Which well, is quite weird. Um, but yeah, who knows. Um, but yeah, once this movie comes out, we'll be having a chat about it, oh, and yeah, we'll be dissecting it like I'm getting a dissected at our lab. I don't know, that didn't sound quite right. <laughs> I did have to do that frog, frog project and uh, dissecting a pig back in middle school, if that has anything to do with what you were trying to explain. I think so, but we didn't do that sort of stuff at school. That's against the law in this country. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. So we've talked about souls. On that dark and creepy note, we've had a few comments come out, and it's something to do with a little book that came out. Was it last year? Yes, it was last year. And that's Thrawn. So we've had the comics. We've only read the first two issues. My overall impressions are I like it. Some of the what was described in the book, and I had in my head. Uh, which is quite surprising. I've got anything in there. It's exactly how I imagined it. Yeah. Although my Thrawn sidekicks went in my head. Oh, what's his cat name again? What's Thrawn's sidekick called? Eli. Eli. Is it Eli? Eli Vantos, right? Yeah. I don't. I completely forgot about that. You're and the one like, who I talks was, about Eli all the time too. I know. <laughs> I haven't spoken to about him for a while. But yes, that's a character that I'm. I the way he's looked in the comic and the book isn't what I thought it would be in my head. Mm. Thought he would be a bit more shorter. I, I I like this this the style of it. Yeah, that is right. The comic and uh, the the dialogue that's in the book is definitely there. Although there's, I'm sure in the book, especially in the first comic, mm-hmm. I'm sure that Palpatine and Thrawn went out to the balcony to talk on their own. Yes. And it's not in the comic. Mm. Mm. Now, I mean, I find that a wee bit confusing. There were certain bits like that. I was like, that's not in the book. That's not in the comic, but it's in the book. So this is where I'm wondering if canon is going to have a bit of an issue with this. It's just a slight thing. and But the dialogue is in the book. It's in the comic. I keep getting book because I'm not used to the book. But the dialogue is there but it's just done in the throne room instead of on the balcony. There's the thing with the Thrawn comic for me, Scott, up, up through these first two issues, you could say, is, and I think the the approach that Star Wars, Lucasfilm, the entire story team wanted to take in doing this with Marvel was specifically around, okay, not everybody's going to pick up Thrawn and read the book, mm-hmm. so let's put it in a comic book form and let's have people explore it that way. And I think for somebody who hasn't read the novel, it's a really good way of encouraging them to go and read the full thing. It really is. And there are little bits and pieces, like you said, where I do envision the same thing like when reading the book. Absolutely, we naturally do that. We picture what's happening in the story in our mind when we're reading or we're listening to it on audiobook. And there were so many different moments through these first two issues that I kind of took a step back and I said, okay, this is exactly what I pictured when reading that novel. Eli, I think, should probably put a few more pounds on himself based on what was... <laughs> yeah, um, 
I, I, I think it was a very interesting take on, on what Eli Vantos looks like. I do like the artwork of Thrawn, and I like how this series has taken on very much the old Marvel style. The, yeah. Similar to the 80s comics, the, the Marvel Star Wars comics of the 80s. It has very much that feel, and I love it. And like you said, Scott, reading through these first two and thinking back to the reading of the novel that I did, there are certain areas where I do become disconnected. There are parts where I feel like the novel does more than the comic book does, and then reverse. There are parts where I feel that the comic book does more than what the novel does. Mm -hmm. And if this is truly something that Star Wars and the story team and Lucasfilm and Marvel want to continue to do, I mean, it's worked so far. But I think that the connections to the canon have to be defined much, much tighter. I think that, like you said, there should be aspects of the novel that flow nicely into the comic book. As simple as Thrawn and Palpatine being out on the balcony instead of being elsewhere in that moment when they're discussing. I think that those are the little things that they do have to tighten up. Trust me, it's probably not that hard for Marvel to contact Timothy Zahn and say, hey, we noticed in the comic book we didn't put it in there the way that it was in the novel. Do you mind if we go back and we change it up to make sure that it fits within the novel that you wrote? I'm sure he'd be like, 100%, heck yeah, go ahead, do it. But if Star Wars and Lucasfilm and the story team want to continue to move down this path and, let's say, Lost Stars, you want to make that a 12-issue comic book series, you got to be very careful. You have to contact Claudia Gray. You have to say, okay, what are things that you included in there that you would like to see in the comic book? Another one I'm looking at right now, which I think would make a very fascinating fascinating comic book series would be the aftermath trilogy if you wanted to take certain aspects of that and put into comic books i think we vary on this this is where scott and i are going to butt heads a little bit i think that there are certain aspects of empires and specifically that i would have liked to have focused on the transition from the empire to the first order and see their side a lot more what was happening more behind the scenes was there anything else that was maybe going to get in the way of what was happening have that play out in a comic book series. That's just me, because I'm I'm an Imperial by heart. I love everything associated with behind the scenes with the transition. That time period is so great. That's that's just me, Chuck. Don't have to listen to me. Half of my opinions don't count half the time. You talk to Scott. That's why he has me on a show. But I think that there are definitely areas where the canon should connect with these comics a lot more. It's loose. It's... It's making sense at times. Like, I, I really love places that it hits. But there's room for improvement, which is what we want from Star Wars. We want to see room for, for improvement with everything that they do. But overall, I'll keep reading it. I'll keep yeah. reading it because I've read the novel. And I want to see how they interpret it in comic book form. It's that simple. I'll give you some points, but just for Aftermath to come into comic book, I don't want that. I knew you'd say I'd- that. I don't want that um, because there's too much that's happened in those books to put it into a comic book. You're talking if you do twelve issues for each book, that's that's what. Not 12. all of them have to be twelve issues. I know, but you because there's so much story in the first book, right. and then you've got the interludes, and then where do you put that? And you know, you're talking about twelve issues, so that's thirty-six issues 
of like a three part yeah, story. I don't have four ninety nine each comic book to spend on that. <laughs> what I was thinking. No, um, and then those sorry, people Chuck. say, oh, "I know, sorry, Chuck. I know you want more money, but no, we're not. We're not doing that." <laughs> I just, I, I personally think that should stay as a book. I know some people say, "Oh, but you could adapt that." Don't adapt book the books into the movies. Mm-hmm. Again, this is where the canon will start, like going off in all different directions. You do put something in the movie that's not in the book, it changes it. Or you want to make this character does not in the movie, but it's in the book. You can't do that. I mean, the one character I'm sh- was Ray Sloan and Thrawn. I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think she maybe she was mentioned. She might be mentioned. She's in the aftermath. She's in a new dawn. She's in. She's mentioned in Phasma. Mm-hmm. And she's mentioning something else. The Shattered Empire. She appears in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she's mentioned something else. For the people listening. Please correct us, go find it, share it with us across social media. Yeah. <laughs> She's in quite a few things because see that's what I mean. There's a character that's all over the place and has still not made an appearance in live action. That's true. I agree yeah. with that one. Yeah. So that's a character I'm desperate because I just love that character. There's something special about Wrestle and I just want her to appear in in the comic in the live action. Even when the live action TV series, wherever that's set. I will show up. She would be great to be in. Mm. And he's, uh, you're glad you're not looking at Robin right now. He looks like he's putting lipstick on, which is kind of <laughs> strange. I'm using my Stormtrooper lip smacker. I've got dry lips. Jeez, God. I know. Just because we're heading into spring, or we should be. But yeah, like the Throne novel, the Throne comic, I'm enjoying that. I'm just curious to see how they do the last year episodes of the comic. Uh, how many issues again? Is that four or five? Yeah, I think we're looking at a five-issue series. Just, yeah. There is so much in the book, and you're squeezing this into, what, a 20-page, 30-page comic. There's a lot to squeeze in, because you've still got Governor Price stuff to come up as well. Ah, that's right. We still have a lot of Governor Price. We still have that interaction that happens in the Thrawn novel. So many different aspects of it that, that are going to be addressed in this. And it's something we're going to keep our eye on, Scott. I have a feeling. We are. We are. So we've talked about our thoughts in the Throne novel. So you probably haven't heard from us in the last few weeks, especially me. And I kind of want to point out why you haven't really heard much from me. Is mm. I've been really a bit burnt out quite a lot with Star Wars books, comics and that. And Rob and I have spoken to, about this behind the scenes and through messaging. I've spoken to Brian as well right. and Chris and they kind of all agree that we're all kind of burnt out. So I feel that we're coming to a point now, Star Wars, where we are kind of now all exhausted. Yes. I mean, it's it's four years now since this whole new canon has pretty much taken off. Yeah. And there has been a ton of stuff. I mean, we've had brand new comics, the Star Wars comic, Vader, and then a new Vader, and then you've kind of got, like the baby standalone, you've got standalone comics. Yeah, so like right. Darth Maul, The Shattered Empire, Princess Leia, Lando, Chewie, don't get me started on Chewie, Phasma, Obi-Wan, Han Solo, and then you've had one-shots, like the Battle, uh, 
the uh, Storms of Crate, uh, the C3PO one, the KTSO and Kasdan. And then you've had all the books along with the team books as well. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot and it, it does take it out of you. Let me take a deep breath because I know exactly what that feeling's like. Um, <laughs> it's it's become quite a... And to be honest with you, as a podcaster, it's become one of those things where I think a lot of people feel that, oh, a new novel comes out, we have to review it. Mm. And I'm getting to the point of here at Brick City, just kind of being like, you know what? Let the fans generate their thoughts on this. Yeah. If they would like to write a fan article and we can share that out and we can get their name out there for it, absolutely. Go ahead. Do it. Because I'm getting a little burnt out when it comes to the expectations of what a novel comes out. As a podcaster, yeah. as somebody who's in the Star Wars community and wants to have discussions about the canon. Scott and I started talking far, far away, and he's hosting this thing because of canon. And I think we're both getting burnt out, and a lot of people the network are getting burnt out because every time something is announced, whether it's a film, TV show, whether it's a standalone film, episodic film, there's like two or three books associated with every release. And that adds up. That adds up a ton. It's a lot of money. It's an investment that you have to make. And to be honest with you, recently I went to Barnes & Noble. And listen, I read Star Wars The Last Jedi by Jason Fry. Bravo, Jason. You did a great job of going in there, doing certain things with that novel, and, and just kind of you know taking The Last Jedi to a different direction and being able to express what we saw on the, uh, on the screen in a different way. But my canon has suddenly moved a lot from, and I don't think I've told you this, Scott, but I've moved away from kind of the traditional Star Wars books to books like Ian Dosher's William Shakespeare series. I've worked Mm -hmm. closer towards, I just went and recently went to Barnes & Noble, and I picked up The Science of Star Wars, which actually breaks down everything that goes behind what we believe the Force to be. What's the science that is behind all of that? I think from a certain point of view was a nice little adaptation on what the canon is. It gave the fans a discussion. It gave the fans something to talk about. You and I, Scott, what was the book that we first talked about when we first on our first episode of Talking Star Wars? Do you remember? Empire's End. No. Was it Empire's No, it wasn't. How Star Wars Changed. Oh, how Star Wars called the universe. Is that a traditional canon story, or is that something that people sat down and wanted to have a discussion about? That's not, well, yeah, don't think about it. Yeah, it's a discussion, it's more a discussion book. It's not to do really can it, it's more a discussion book on how Star Wars came about. It's a book, I mean, I've we've spoken about it before, but it's one of those books that I, it really delves into it. Yeah. Really delves, and there's so much. I mean, I banged on about it before. Episode one wasn't meant to be the episode one we had. Yeah, that's right. Um, he he did kind of plan. I mean, a lot of people say he didn't plan out really the original trilogy. I can to a fair degree say he didn't, he didn't because he didn't know that episode two was um, episode five Empire Strikes Back. He didn't know he was going to make that. No, he didn't know. Right. He like he, he if you actually read that and you actually see how much time and effort that. The first hours took to get me. He was exhausted. He, it cost him a lot, and I don't mean money-wise. It cost him per- personally. A ton of money. Because 
yeah, I'm not well, not really money, but privately in his own life, it did have an effect on his life. Um, and like trying to get, I mean, originally I don't think trying to think back now, Obi Wan wasn't even meant to die. He changed it during the movie for Obi Wan to die. So there, again, this is a great book if you really want to delve into it and actually think because I don't think a lot of people know this book. That's and that's kind of not to cut you off, Scott, but that's that's kind of the direction of my canon. Yeah. That's kind of the direction of my canon now. Is that yeah, you know what? I'll pick up Last Shot. I'll pick up things that are associated with the Han Solo film. Maybe I'll pick it up on audiobook so on my way to work I can listen to it in the morning. But to be honest with you, I've really, really gotten into the behind the scenes stuff. I think there is so much untold that happens behind the scenes of Star Wars that is is what actually formulates our opinions. And when we yeah. go into the theater, are the things that, in the back of our mind, subconsciously, that come to us when we are watching Star Wars. The science of Star Wars is a great example. Expect me to have a book review up very soon for that. Um, Good. There is so much scientifically that we know that George Lucas, in writing Star Wars, wanted to touch upon. As much as well, we do not like midi-chlorians, there's a science behind that. Yes. The year-by-year year of visual history. Yeah, that's a great book to read. Oh, that's a bit damaged. Right? That's a great book to read. Um, I've got that. Ho- ho- holding it up now. I mean, this goes into, like, it goes by year by year. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, cut you off. But, um, but, yeah, like, it talks about... Remember the Evox animated series? Yeah. Um, it talks about he built, managed to get a Skywalker Ranch built in the 80s. Um, it talks about he, he struggles of the last, like the Return of the Jedi, how he changed it from revenge to return. So there, there was times it goes through each year about what they do. That was it. And Ron Howard's backdraft. So he's known Ron Howard for years. Uh, producers quarter scale rooftop model matte painting for a shot of a chemical plant inferno. Lucas films behind that. So there's tons and tons in, in this book. It's the Rocketeer, which we all know is coming back. Terminator, Dark Empire, which I want to read. I know it's not part of canon, but that'd be a great one to read. Um, it's got Harrison Ford and Dark Forces Rising, and you know there's so much. In, Young Indiana Jones series. Yes. There's so much in this. It's kind of like how Star Wars goes years, but it's a different kind of book. Yeah. I just give you hints. I mean, I got this for about 10 quid. Yeah. Scott, who, who are the authors associated with that book before you put it away? It is. It doesn't mention on the back here. Let's have a look. It is. Actually, there's no bloody. Sorry for the language. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me have a look. Um. Senior editor Story Group is mentioned Story Group, so it's got Matt Martin, Leland Chi, and Pablo. Uh, it doesn't actually say who's involved in this. Do you know who's involved in it? Scott Inch, Unless... who's who's involved in that piece right there is exactly who you just said. Is the Lucasfilm Story Group. And the Lucasfilm Story Group is also associated with the new canon. So yes. my point in kind of bringing all this up is that Guess what, folks? The novels that you're picking up off the shelves and, di- and delving into and breaking down, writing articles about, and really giving some great insight into, those same people are developing the behind-the-scenes stuff. 
And those are the people that are also giving you a different look at canon content. And where Scott and I have our opinions about how Star Wars has burnt us out in the canon, the best part about that is there's things like Star Wars propaganda, which I have. Guess who writes that? Pablo Hidalgo. It's people associated with Star Wars that are giving us the backstory. So not only can it burn us out, but when that happens, we can find different realms within the canon to gravitate towards to give us what we need. And that's what, Scott, you and I have talked about all the time. Fans have a choice. They have options with what Lucasfilm and Star Wars has given them. And Disney, they have options, whether it's collecting, whether it's Nick Cannon novels, whether it's films. You guys have the choice. You don't want to go see Solo and you're waiting for Episode Nine. Do it. But hold on to your thoughts. Wait. Be patient. Share when it's appropriate. And that's exactly what the canon has done to us, is, is where we say it's burnt us out, Scott. We have gone and looked for alternatives, and I feel that people need to do that more often. Yeah, there's, there is so much more. If you don't want to read the canon, go back and read Legends. Exactly. Uh, delve in there. Um, but yeah, there's just so much, so much more. And speaking of Pablo, he's the one that gives us all the uh, visual dictionaries for all that's the movies. Right. So, you know, this guy, you think you're burnt out. Imagine how he feels. Both on social <laughs> a, media and in the, on the writing desk. Yeah, he's got a bit of a breakdown because he's no longer doing Rebels recap. Right, for, uh, yeah. The Rebels. Oh, I miss that so, so much. Yeah. So, I tell you, is there anything else we've kind of touched upon or we missed? No, I think we've pretty much broken down all the fans' thoughts. I think we've also gotten into the part where Scott accidentally says bloody on uh, on a podcast, <laughs> which is kind of nice. Um, thank goodness it's a for, <laughs> I, To be honest with you, thank goodness for American uh, uh, censoring, because I don't think we're going to have any issue with that one. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So that, that should be nice. And uh, no, I think we've broken down everything that we've needed to when it comes to more recently with Star Wars. And again, Scott, I appreciate uh, the friendom thoughts because I think across this entire week, no matter how positive or negative people have gotten, we always reflect upon our individual experiences. So, Yeah, we're, we're all just we're all appreciative of each other and we just keep each other laughing. That's exactly it. And we're out there to connect with other people. So, Robin, it's that time of the show. That little uh, thing you like to call... It's called Plug Time. Plug Time, indeed. So, Robin, where can they find you on all this little thing called social media and then be able to download your materials afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> Downloading my materials. I don't know how to take that. But at the same <laughs> time, uh, you guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Also, please make sure to follow the Brick City Blockade podcast network page over there at brick city swpc there's some fantastic stuff up there right now please sure to make make sure to retweet share comment all that fantastic stuff I'll head on over to instagram follow all my positivity and tomfoolery over there at the official vote you can also follow the brick city blockade instagram page at brick city blockade you know the spiel head on over to itunes subscribe rate comment do all that awesome stuff share it out um and also please make sure to go on on over to t public Make sure to grab one of our awesome t-shirts right now with Friendom Week. You guys can do a couple of things across social media to enter your way into win one of these. Either Unity is Community t-shirts, one of our Friendom t-shirts, 
or one of my personal favorites that's still available is uh, Can You Smell What the Thrawn Is Cooking? Uh, that's, <laughs> I, I, I still love that one. It's one of the to have in the repertoire. <sighs> he knows it. He's the man who came up with it himself, Mr. Scott Inch. Where can the good people find you across social media? I haven't done this for a while. Where can they find me? Oh, yes, you can find me on Facebook at Scott Inch or on Twitter at ScottInch85. I think yes, it is. So it's been a while since I've done it. It's been about a month. So from myself and Mr. Robert Vaught, we say a fair do, for do, and may the force be with you. Sorry, Scott. Listen. I don't know that was possible. <laughs>